there's you know one of those great big massive chalkboard um, you know trailers with you know what's coming up. And I love driving past it every day and seeing who's the crappiest name <laughs> tribute band. So there's it's a toss up at the moment between Kiss Destroyer, which is your Kiss tribute band, and Gold Chisel. Gold Chisel. <laughs> we play Chisel, but only the ones everyone knows. <laughs> Thanks to Cryer Malt and Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours, this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, on location in the beautiful Sunshine Coast, and joining me right next to me on the sofa is none other than Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Well, this is a little bit intimate, isn't it? We're sort of uh, side by side on the, uh, on the, yeah. the couch. Yeah. There we go. Put a, a couple of pillows. Put a couple of cushions in between, just <laughs> so in no, case. No, no it's an armrest. Just an armrest. Not that there's, a, not not that there's, there's anything wrong with that. that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's nice to have you um, uh, up here. We're sort of looking out over the uh, wonderful Malulabar Beach. It's absolutely bad. Yeah, look, as I say, not the not the best day. It, Cyclone is, off the coast and all. Exactly. So I'm prepared to make a couple of allowances for um, you know beautiful one day. Yeah, a little bit shitty the next. next. <laughs> uh, but as long as I um, in an hour or so um, at the airport and my plane actually takes off and I get back to Melbourne, all will be well with the world. But between then and uh, yesterday morning, we've been out and about a bit. We spoke in a previous podcast, uh, lots of previous podcasts about, you know, we must, we must, we must get out and do a tour. Um, so Josh Donahoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours very kindly offered to, to put a bit of an itinerary for us together. And, and it not was only sparked that, by the, the Hottest 100, which we won't go into again, but yep. you know, a couple of breweries featuring um, quite strongly in the Sunshine Coast. Um, and new entrants as well. Which new was, entrants. Yeah. We had, this week we had uh, Heads of Noosa, you know, their official launch and the, um, last night we had the Your Mates official launch. Um, so it just seemed like the perfect opportunity, the planets aligned, get you up and uh, we had a very even, busy even day. Even if I was just your plus one, <laughs> yeah. I, I still felt important. <laughs> But we had a very busy day yesterday, you know, sort of doing, thanks to Josh. Um, and, oh, and cannot and, thank Josh enough. It's, it's fair to say we, we shoehorned a fair bit into a very small time window, but got to visit. Look, for me, it was really important because um, you and I, as our families, have, have both independently, you know, chosen this as, as one of our go-to holiday, holiday destinations. Yeah. But it, particularly, you know, 15 years ago or whenever it was when I first came here, it was probably longer than that, um, but maybe 20 years, you certainly, you, you could get a bucket of Corona for 25 bucks or whatever at, at the local, or there was, you know, the standard offerings at the surf club and that sort of thing. Mate, th this was five years ago. You were, there, there was the Sunshine Coast Brewery, um, which I think gave oh, Scotty... Sure, of course, yeah, we holidayed together. Gave Scotty Hargraves um, his start commercially yep. brewing. I think it was his first... And his first trophy as well. And his first trophy. Um, but it, it, it was. And, and in fact, Brews News has quite, as I think I mentioned in one of the uh, interviews we recorded yesterday, has a very strong... Uh, Spiritual link. Link to... To the Sunshine Coast. The, the, the Malula, and to Malula. 200 metres right. up the road. Uh, Australia Day, I think 2011... Um, I hit send while I was sitting in my, uh, it, might have, it might have actually been my DTs, not <laughs> underpants, but uh, um, very early morning. What are DTs? Budgie smugglers. TikToks. Oh, okay, right. That's, that's what they call this one. A I banana hammock. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, and so yeah, so but it's, it's a great place, really exciting to come up, but it's only in the, the last two or three years really exploded and the Hottest 100 really um, saw 
gave, you know, sort of gave voice to that or, you know. Shone a spotlight on, on shone the a spotlight on. just how many how many breweries there are. So we, we hit the ground running and um, had a great time starting off, uh, starting off down at Yamundi Brewery where we caught up with Alan and Chris. Chris. Um, and that's it's a great little venue there. Um, it's a really nice, what do they call it? It's a... A partnership. Partnership. So, the, so they don't the own the hotel. hotel. No. They lease space to... Lease space to... With the brewery. Yeah. Which is the same as the Banjo Patterson Inn for Kosciuszko. Yeah, Kosciuszko. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a similar kind world. of... And, yep. and again, inspired by, by Chuck Hahn. Uh, he was the one who sort of kick-started it and, and got it going. And there's... It was great. Look, I love having a beer with Chris because uh, I, I value his knowledge base. And I always learn something about the brewing process or... Um, you know, marketing, all that sort of thing. But, and, and he always, you know, having a beer with him, and we had there a beer that was infused with ginger rather than a, a ginger beer. A beer that we both would have wanted to hate normally. Like if someone said, oh, do you oh, want to have a ginger low beer? Low expectations, it's yeah. fair to say, coming in. But would you have seen that on tap and gone... I don't like ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, look, oh, look I'll, I'll actually try something else. Which, again, always good to check your perceptions. Yep. Um, so it was delivered to us. We're in, in the, a drink. beautiful leafy green beer garden at yep. the back of the Imperial Hotel right next to the brewery and it was muggy it was warm and it was the perfect beer yep love it very subtle ginger like beautifully balanced ginger it was there but not there not overpowering oh. uh, yeah so from there we went to boiling pot should we go should we go through the whole because it was a pretty long well, it was a long day and, 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 and well let's let's uh, we've got a whole lot of conversations in the can that's it um, that we'll, we'll, we'll go drip out. feed over I might actually put and I'm thinking on the feet here. Um, I might actually put Joshy's out as a bonus. Josh from um, Sunshine, Sunshine Coast, Coast Craft Brew, Beer Tours. Craft Beer Tours, yeah. Because we will be running out them out over the next year. I think we've got six interviews. We probably won't run them back to back because there could be some topical ones coming up. And that's one That's one for, for the uh, Radio Brews News uh, aficionados out there. This will be a collector's item, this this particular bonus content, because we've done, we've done live before, but we've never done live on the road. Taxi cab confessions. Taxi cab confessions. <laughs> so, um, let's just say, folks, that around the five beer mark, it starts getting a little saucy. <laughs> well, no, we just um, no. We, we were. Josh was driving, and we were uh, interviewing him while we were between breweries. Um, but I might put that out as a bonus, just to set the scene. Yeah. To talk a little bit about the Sunshine Coast, and then we'll do the breweries over the next. Uh, you know, the the five yeah. six. So Josh will give you a bit of a teaser about so. all the different breweries, and then then you'll be able to uh, listen to our chats. All of them wide ranging, um, really interesting, all very different. Uh, and it's, it's great to see it's, there's not a, a cookie cutter approach to Sunshine Coast Brewing. It's, Wasn't we we that had a different beers, yeah. we had different ranges of beers, we had different attitudes to. to different scales, different sizes, yeah. everything. And different it, hospitality um, offerings and all sorts of. It was very, very interesting. Mm. Uh, not a lot of. Um, news to catch up on this week, Matt, but we shall get into. Uh, we're going to have a look at some local beers that are truly local, and then we'll have a quick uh, recap on Endeavour tap rooms and, and how they're tracking now that their uh, crowdfunding has expired. So let's start off uh, local beers. Nice little story that Megan published yesterday um, while we were while we were. Uh, gallivanting about. Gallivanting about. Um, thank you, Megan, for holding the fort. Um, beers of origin. In, in the last week, um, we've recently seen um, a, a couple of hyperlocal beers or you know, very local beers released. Yep. Um, and specifically with claims to being the first of their kind. And, and we, we discussed... First is always hard. Yeah. Um, we discussed that Furphy had claimed that it was the first beer that used all Victorian 
ingredients, I think. Well, and there is a bit of a trend that we don't mention in this article, but so Furphy made a big thing of local ingredients using Victorian, but it was a beer that was originally brewed for around the Geelong area. So that was a big selling point. And then of course, that Me Too Hang beer, frothy, <laughs> um, that, you know, I was in Queensland the other day and it's got very boldly local malt, local hops. Really? Did they grow hops in Queensland? So, uh, so what does local mean these days? Does local mean, you know, sort of from the earth? You know, from planet earth? Yeah, well then, look, I guess we are local. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit of that um, about it and it's a little bit that we've talked about baristas. 20 years ago when restaurants had a drip filter coffee machine um, and it was perfectly acceptable, suddenly you had the trained guy with the uh, espresso machine and you used to say, the barista bun. made coffee. Yeah, yep. and the man, barista made coffee. These days when some 16 year old has spent an hour learning how to push buttons at McDonald's and they're billing barista made coffee, not so much um, a selling point and craft beer has gone that way a little bit. Wasn't Homer Simpson in one of the episodes, you've, you've used that word so often it's lost all its meaning. <laughs> So, and um, but so local is, is is a bit of a thing that we're already seeing a little bit debauched um, through inappropriate use. But these are beers, um, and first is always the wrong word to use because I'm pretty sure that Will Tatchell, um, you know, or there's a couple of Tasmanian breweries where he's certainly done an estate beer, beer, estate malt, and that's where all yeah ingredients were grown on, on the farm. And you can't get much more local than that no, that's true. than your backyard. So but that's local for Tasmania. Local for Tasmania. Let's yeah, look yeah. at the first local well, for yeah, Victoria, which is where first, first becomes a bit of a rabbit, <laughs> rabbit hole that you can disappear down. Um, but we do have two beers. One is from Bad Shepherd's new VPA, brewed using the Victorian-grown barley malted at Barrett Burston's Maltings in Geelong. Um, HPA hops from its Ross Trevor farm and a hundred-year-old yeast called Melbourne Number One. And we've spoken to Peter Simons the um, uh, what's, what was his book? Um, uh, brew bronze. Bronze brews. Bronze brews. Um, looking at the you know recipes, you know um, one of those great historians who has done you know Fear of Philly, painstaking. Uh, well, he's Fear, just done painstaking research. Yeah, on but like yeah, uh, collecting um, like brewery ephemera and ephemera. Um, uh, brewing sheets, sheets, and, and all of that to to get their recipes yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, ingredients. Fantastic. Uh, and buy the book. I mean, just even if you don't read it just to support this sort of research. Um, and, it, and it's a great reference to have. Mm. Um, so Bad Shepherd, Derek uh, and Dee Dee down there have created a beer um, that's very local. Um, and so that was quite interesting. Then also Croft Brewing, um, or Archer Brewing, sorry, Gavin Croft, um, who is a brewer at Archer Brewing, um, has made a local beer in Queensland, which is arguably... Now, yeah. rewind a couple of minutes. Did you just say, <laughs> I didn't know you could grow hops in Queensland. Can you grow hops in Queensland? Well, you can grow hops in Queensland in that you will get a plant up out of the ground and yeah. it will have flowers and eventually the fruit, which is the hop. Mm. So hops aren't a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but whether you can grow them commercially, you know, agronomic, ah, agronomically okay, successful. Yeah. I mean, you can... You know, because remember, you and I uh, were lucky enough to. Oh, did we tour together? I oh, know Chris McNamara and James Smith and I um, caught up with OJ and and Tim Lord uh, and did a hop a hop um, garden yep. tour. And I remember one of the things that really stuck with me was uh, the length of sunlight, but but it was like the cold ends. It was a cold bookend, so it was like the cool morning, then the eight right. hours of sunlight, and then the cool. Evening once the sun sets, and that was what was, uh, I guess, important for. It's because it's, but it's very much around the sunlight because they grow 
based on the length of the day, day and I think yeah. they actually re, you know almost throw over the top of the string you know as the longest day yeah. passes and, and, yep. they, and that triggers them starting to flower or um, without looking at my the so obviously up here I, I don't doubt Very that you guys length. can get the a lot of sunlight mm. during the day um, personally uh, 4.03 I think this morning the sun might have poked <laughs> through my uh, non-blockout curtains and thank you very much and look it's lovely we're staying here at the mantra for people who, who sorry, yeah, sorry, I'd our, love our, to do the prof experience our, our sponsors uh, our, our, our um, supporters are paying for this because exactly. they're the ones who give us the money to sort of actually that's it and we've chosen it. wisely we've got a really good rate and we've, we're sharing and we well but now not, Matt not the same room dear listeners I must say no not the same room uh, Matt gave me the front room with 180 degree views of the Pacific um, but with no blockout curtains <laughs> Uh, nautical sunrise was it? Yeah, just before. Four Were you trying to grow hops in your room this morning? Let, let, let's get back. I on. could have. <laughs> so okay, so length of day. I don't. I don't argue with the the amount of sunlight that um, that they could get. But yeah, I would have thought that the uh, the but hotter, it's the length humid, at the right time. And that's yeah. why you know when you sort of read about the bands of latitude that hops grow in, it's very much around um, the, the light. So yeah. And, and when you speak to commercial hop growers, um, they sort of say, well, you know, you, you can grow them. And a lot of home brewers have been making their own hops and they've been talking about yeah. growing their own hops in, in Queensland to have their own little, you know, estate brews. Yep. But whether you can grow them commercially, and that's where, so, look, I'll, yeah, I'll just tell us where, pick where up. So the struggle that um, Archer had was that they had planned to source barley from Gavin Croft's cousin's Goldburn farm and hops from a Stanthorpe grower. And I met with the Stanthorpe grower isn't earlier Goulburn in the year. So Stanthorpe is Queensland's wine region. I know region. Stanthorpe, but isn't Goulburn in New South Wales? Goulburn is New South Wales, but that's still, how far away is Goulburn? Well, Goulburn's It's in New North, South Wales. Yeah, okay. Well, they're even more local now. Um, <laughs> but where's Archer? Archer's Queensland. But we'll, we'll see, the, but the, 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 there was harsh weather conditions. And that's one of the challenges with um, if you want us to say I'm only drinking local, then if you have a bad season, you, you have don't no drink beer. Um, your exactly. Fe- enjoy your Feb fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy your year fast um, because there's no barley for that product. And same with um, you know hops. And whilst we all love the feeling of celebrating something that's small and local and boutique, there is no safety net. You know, you get mm. if if you if you are aligned to only one apple orchard. Um, hailstorm comes through, destroys you the crop. You don't get no cider. You get no yep. cider that year, or you get no apples. And that's one of the reasons when people say food miles, things like that. Yes, as a ideal, it's a yep. great thing to sort of shop it's as local as you concept. can. Yep. But one of the reasons that we have concentrated farming sectors, or you know, we sort of, is because some areas are better than producing in others, and it also yep. diffuses the risk. Um, and you can also you can protect against pests and all that sort of thing. Exactly. Cooperative farming, yep. all those sorts of great things. Yep. And then the free market allows that stuff to go to where they can't grow it. Yep. yep. Of course. Yeah. And so then, support your local entrepreneur rather than having to drink hyper local. But as with anything, you know, there's a little bit of um, shall we say insidious creep um, with, with with these ideas. Yeah. Where, how do you spell that? Where insidious you know once you start sort of saying well we'll we'll sort of cast it a little bit wider or you know we won't. Um, 
suddenly you start getting oranges available 12 years, uh, 12 months of the year because you're flying them in from Spain and South America and Valencia. And, and exactly. So, you know, and peaches. Like when I was a kid, and you only had peaches. Uh, one Spanish of the treats of Christmas was uh, <laughs> one of the treats of Christmas where you had your stone fruits um, over Christmas. Only time I ever had cherries and strawberries in and our strawberry, house. Yeah, these yeah. days strawberries are available um, and Australian grown. Ten months a year, they're not very good strawberries. Um, but yeah, so so there is this this whole notion. But anyway, really really exciting thing. But it was interesting that you had this hop grower um, in Queensland who, you know, he's only one. Now, or two when you years say a hop grower, what? He's got a, like the Hilltop Hops in Queensland, where they've got a block that they've, a couple of engineers decided to have a crack. Mm. Um, if I was a brewer, it's nice to have a nice little beer like this, um, um, but I wouldn't be bank betting the brewery on having a local beer because you're Queensland. Chain of supply. You, yeah. You've only got two suppliers. One of them wasn't able to supply the, the, the promised hops. The other one has one block, um, you know, if you get, um, if you're growing them out of their recognised region, they're possibly more likely, um, you know, more um, well, susceptible, susceptible to, to disease, disease and yeah, pests or and mutation. those sorts of things. And yeah. if you get it in, suddenly you're, you're gone. So um, anyway, but look, really love the concept. Seek really those beers out to so Bad Shepherd VPA, VPA Victorian Pale Ale. And, uh, and Archer, Archer's um, Q QPA. PA. Yeah. But I, I really worry though, and I just want to preface that conversation by saying we're not shit canning the idea. But when you get a media release, you've got a brewery sending it out saying, hey, we're really proud of this beer. We've made this beer. Here's the philosophy behind it. Um, and you, you buy into the philosophy. But at the same time, sometimes I worry that we sound like we're shit canning or sort of you know, having a go at it when it's not. We're just sort of saying, well, here's the philosophy. But there's a reason why sometimes things have evolved. And uh, you know, mm. we've, we've talked recently about big yep. beer. And you know, one of the things that made craft beer exciting was it was different to the the lagers that went before but there's a mindset you know people like to sort of tee off at you know fizzy yellow liquid and you know industrial beer and things like that and they forget that it wasn't the bastardry of big brewers that killed all of these other um, beers it no, was not in isolation well not in isolation um, you know that you can grow to become a bastard or you can become more ruthless than, than others but People wanted the beers that they were making. They were better at making it, and their businesses were more effective at scaling to have the. the but ultimately, people wanted those beers, and they became sure they could be. They become the tallest tree that shows out. Anyway, discussing the the idea behind the story, not just the story. We're not yep. having a go at anybody. Uh, but look, uh, knowing both guys personally, both Gavin Croft and um, Derek Hales, you couldn't get two nicer blokes. So if you want to really support two of the really nice blokes in the industry. Get out and buy their Seek it out, and you can read more about it on uh, Bruce News. That's Thanks it. to Megan. Another good bloke who's uh, done some very fine work over the last few years as the chair of the um, Independent Brewers Association, Ben Coyman. Yep. Uh, Endeavour Tap Rooms have just announced that they hit their target. Well, they hit 183% of the target. Now, when I read that, I thought, oh, gee, because they were asking for $2 million. I thought, gee, they've really, when you look at it, I think it made 500000 um, they were aiming for 300000 and you know, they've got a lower and a minimum end. Yep, um, okay. So I don't know the, how these crowdfunding... Yeah, well, you can still say, well, we want, we want a maximum of $2 million. I think if, if they raise $2 million, they're going to build a new production brewery and all of this, and they had the plans in the... If they make $300,000, it'll give them you know, ability to upgrade, sort of equipment up, upgrade their marketing yep. and yep. You know, those sorts of things. And it was a minimum, for as little as 100, 
100 bucks? 50 bucks, I think. 50, was it? And full disclosure, um, I took the minimum order. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, it's just to be support involved. Support the industry? Well, support the industry and also that way you sort of get, you know, you, you can sit on the outside and talk about these things without actually being a participant. And I think if you're a participant... Are you suggesting you've got skin in the game now, Matt? I have got skin in the game now, Pete. Oh, if I did, do, before, do you tell your mates, oh, yeah, I'm part owner in a brewery. I'm part owner. <laughs> and uh, actually, what do, you, what do you actually own? About four bottle caps and a couple of labels. I own a couple of shares in uh, Gage Roads. Um, again, just to sort of, because you're buying, what's the process? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buy some uh, shares in brewery. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Bargain at the moment. I could have doubled my money. If it this wasn't week. for that trading, that hop. wasn't on the show, that wasn't on the show notes. But uh, good old bro, oh, Brett, the good gift old bro. that keeps on giving. They, they went from three cent, two point seven cents to seven point one cents. If, if you, we ever, if we ever open a Bruce News office, we would have, we'll have to have a Kent Grogan wing. I reckon. <laughs> So, so much has the, uh, well, has the story given. Well, I couldn't let James Atkinson be... Shout out to James Atkinson. Couldn't be the only one to be reporting on the Bruce stories. I did notice that you uh, you had a little bit of a tete-a-tete with James uh, on Facebook. Well, recently. James posted about the... Um, the uh, change of auditors. Change of auditors, which... Yeah, I, I wasn't sure whether I'd make a story. Because we do write a lot of that was it? It was just, you know, we want somebody who's going to say nicer things about our... Well, according to the official story is their auditors were too expensive, but maybe good auditors actually. There's possibly a reason. What's that old expression? Something about you get what you pay for. I can't remember how it goes. You can have cheap, you can have fast, or you can have quality. You can have two of the three. Can't have them all. Exactly. Um, So so look, good luck luck to Endeavour and uh, good luck to Matt. Uh, well, yeah, so they building his personal we, we, investment we, empire. We, we, well, we did, we did, uh, yeah. You want to diversify? Don't put all your eggs into into brewing. <laughs> into brewing. Well, maybe I'll put some uh, money into yeah. Anyway, in, in hop farms, Queensland hop farms. Yeah, Queensland hop farm. Yeah. Um, I hear there's a bridge in Sydney for sale as well. <laughs> if you're interested. Um, but yeah, no, so re- really exciting to see how Endeavour takes that money and uses it. Um, and given that they won't be building their production brewery, whether they'll put it into opening a second. Um, Endeavour Taproom. Taproom, yep. We'll, we'll see. So very exciting. I did see too, uh, did I not, um, somebody quite well known who was um, in in Sydney town and was having a beer at the front of the visit of the taprooms. A prize to any of our listeners who can name who that person was. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of, of well-known people. It's, uh, it's well, no, it was someone like, like well famous. It was on okay. it, was, it was on their Facebook page. Okay. Megan um, Sally, our wonderful Megan Sally, our uh, journo. Long-time um, long time listener, first-time caller. Well, she's listened since she's been working for us. And uh, every, every now and then... And she sent in a question. Mate, every now and then she sends me a little message saying that she's face-palming to something that you've said. Um, to you or to me? Well, to me. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure whether she's doing the same thing to you, playing the ends <laughs> off against the middle. But um, so, Sorry, Megan, was that something that you didn't want shared? Um, Too late now. Anyway, so she, she's asked us to post a question for a, a bit of research. Okay. Um, have you noticed any changes in the number or prevalence of poker machines in in pubs in your area? If so, do you think craft beer has had anything to do with the change? I think what she's getting at, is there a correlation between venues with a lot of pokies having mm-hmm. a little bit of craft beer, um, and then if they start putting craft beer on, you start seeing the pokies edge out, or are we seeing pubs that are changing their makeup and getting rid of pokies? Yeah, um, I don't know what it's like up here in Queensland or in New South Wales for that matter. I know in Melbourne there are a limited number of poker machines and they can, they can move Queensland around. Queensland has ridiculous amounts of pokies. Yeah. And look, but I, don't, I don't think any of them end up in the tip. So if you, 
decide I'm not going to have pokies anymore. Somebody else takes There's them else on, don't licenses, they? yeah. So I think, I think the pokey machines themselves might end up in the tip, but the licenses... Um, and the government is the biggest pokey addict in, in, in the state. Um, well, it's, look, like, it's like fag tax, isn't it? it yeah, it is. And look, I've got no fundamental problem with pokies. Like you, if you want to gamble... You just get used um, to having it in your budget. And you want to do it. But it's, it's, it's one of those things that... It, it's just a slippery slope. And, you know, the, the club, the pubs and clubs said, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we need to have pokies, otherwise we're going to die. And, you know, you hear people sort of saying, oh, you yeah, know, pokies saved the club industry you know, or the, the pub industry. And my argument is it's actually killed the pub industry because you're left with these shells of businesses, huge businesses that have been funded by pokies. Um, and places, like you see pubs that advertise, you know, guaranteed 4am close. They've got a late licence. They're not staying open to serve pub meals, to have, you know, the, the guy in the corner playing the Eagles greatest hits, serve craft beer. They're staying open and guaranteeing to stay open to four. So that one sad person... Could be a happy person. He'll sit there just losing Yeah, money. just churning the pension um, through. And that... If, if you reckon that's a saviour, sure, the, the, the club's door might be open, but what is it offering to the community? And I'm, like, I'm a real believer in craft breweries. A lot of the craft breweries that are really succeeding as local parts of their community aren't, it's not just about the fact that people love and craft beer. The venue that they offer is something that people actually want to go, it's a place that people want to go to drink. Okay. Um, and it's a night you've got your dog, you've got your and kids, I reckon, you're Matt, engaged there. That's where it's changing because I think yeah, when the when pokies were were sort of first came into Victoria, you didn't drink at home a lot. You went out to the pub, yep. to drink, and you caught up with your mates and what have you. If the pokies happen to be there, it might mean instead of staying for two hours for a couple of beers and a chat and a, maybe a counter meal, you'd stay for four hours and and churn twenty bucks through yep. the machines. I think now we're less likely to go to the pub unless there's either you know a trivia night, an occasion, I'm in the pool comp or the darts club, the, or it's the footy club meets up there for um, you know announcing teams or whatever, and then the, the pokies are there. I, 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 don't, I, I think our, our drinking habits have changed along with that. In Melbourne particularly, I don't, like I, where you see good craft, um, if you like, um, accumulation of venues, it's probably not really where the where the pokies are designed to be because I think certainly in Melbourne you tend to have lots of pokies in a big expanse yep. and it's got the bistro, it's got the family bistro, yep. it's got the children's playground, it's got a drive-through bottle or a Dan Murphy's attached to it. Whereas anywhere that's got pokies in Queensland nice is basically that sort of because like hotel and there's a lot else playing into it. You know the Queensland hotel licensing system and everything is it's you know has killed hotels as being a local it's because they've had to grow so big. It is to fund the costs of being a hotel and the pokies help doing that. But in return, you've just got something that is, you're working out how to get people in to play the pokies, which is almost the antithesis of getting people yeah. in to be yep. the hub of the local community yep. where people like, you want people staring at a screen, pressing buttons like drunken rats, um, not being socialising. So anyway, so let, let can, me can hear from our listeners. Um, yes. To answer Megan's question for her, particularly for those in maybe in South Australia, our listeners in Western Australia or, or New South Wales, who can shed a bit of light on how, yeah, yeah, ha, ha, are the pokies Is your of, local RSL are they putting moving on a couple of taps of craft and beer? And maybe adding some craft beer to the mix and bringing in a new... Because I know... changing the demographic and those yeah. sorts of things. Could, actually, a couple of years ago, the Southport RSL, which is one of the big pokey I've been there with you. Yeah, and they were looking at getting into craft beer and because the, the manager was a craft beer... 
um, guy and they were putting it on and they were trying to support it. But again, if you're a, if you're a 25 year old looking for craft beer, you don't go to the pokies. You, you don't because you don't, yeah, you don't the, go to the, the RSL or the, the club. And it's signaling club. because everything yeah, yeah. about it, you've got your ABBA revival band, your sort of... Don't knock the old Bjorn again or no, ABBA. No, 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 no. But you know, the, the, those big venues, they've got your knockoff um, tribute band, then they've got some dodgy magician. Yeah. Oh, sorry, they're not, not dodgy magician. Then you've got some magician no. who's doing the, the, the circuit. Um, and that's not exactly the sort of entertainment that gets in your 25-year-old person who wants to sample and just on, I love the way that they're all so imaginatively named like the there's, there's the local the big the Burvale the Burv which is you know it's it's one of the it's yeah, iconic it's you look up the definition of beer barn it's got a picture of the Burv <laughs> um, but there's you know one of those great big massive chalkboard um, you know trailers with you know what's coming up and I love driving past it every day and seeing who's the crappiest name <laughs> tribute band so there's it's a toss-up at the moment between Kiss Troyer which is your Kiss tribute band, and Gold Chisel. Gold Chisel. <laughs> we play Chisel, but only the ones everyone knows. <laughs> so send, in, send us in... Oh, Hang yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in yep, letters so. as well. So along with um, send us in your funny um, toilet door markers, also send us in your, your best tribute band names. But yeah, so if you can answer Megan's question, that would be great. So mailbag, uh, we've got a review mailbag. on... But first, a review. Yeah, we've got a review on iTunes. Now, it's Tim. Again, he was another one who went this long series of numbers, the, obviously the random series oh, of numbers. To, yeah. But he said, cheers, Tim. So, Tim, if you can shoot us an email at producer at bruisenews.com.au, we'll get you a bar blade. Um, an asset for the beer bubble was the headline. Long-time listener, first-time caller, i.e. reviewer. Keep up, keeping up the great industry chat in 2019. Just thought I would add the beer community have many great characters that built its fascinating creative landscapes. Both Matt and Prof do very well at contributing to this in a most positive way for a couple of hot old codgers. Oh, thank you, young whippersnapper. <laughs> well, we, we are, let's, I resemble that remark. Yeah, let's not. Okay. So anyway, Tim, on, thank yeah. you for... Matt's nearly 50, folks. I am. Yeah. 50 this year. Yeah. Um, and I've got uh, five years on you. You do? Um, and yeah, anyway, I, I think people could guess our age from our... Um, Pop culture our references. demeanour. <laughs> yeah. Constant pop culture references. Okay, and we, we do have a couple of letters to get through, so we'll, uh, we'll keep cracking on. Um, from Grant McHeron. Uh, and Grant, and again, all of our listeners, please um, please include your postal, postal address. address Don't, yeah, um, just assume that we're going to send you the, the bar blade. Send it up front. It's important for us to look after you guys. Don't feel like you're being we can do, grasped and needy by, yeah, by doing that. Because yeah. um, even if you get a second one, give it to a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Share the love, pass it on. Um, just when I'm trying to avoid Facebook as much as possible, you're trying to drag me back into the murk. This is whether we should have a uh, Facebook group. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Are you in the pocket of Big Zuckerberg? Um, other groups are getting into Slack or Discord. Now, we use Slack. Megan and I use Slack. It's a like a chat program um, oh, okay. for teams to, to, to share on. Okay. We can set up a series of chat spaces, typically around various topics, and then configure it so people can't just drop in. In most cases, you have to request access via email or tweet. Um, food for thought, but yeah, Facebook is the easy solution because most people don't give a damn that they're being monitored, manipulated, and turned into a product. Would we do that though if we had a Facebook group? No, but Mark Zuckerberg, that's the whole thing. Oh, Mark. okay, it's so, all about his yeah. algorithm. And, yeah, okay. In other news, keep up the good show. It's great to get info while driving, walking, or exercising, which leaves me reading time for work related items. Smiley face. Cheers, Grant. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Grant. look, there's been a little bit of. Um, that's much appreciated. Yeah, so, and look, oh, yeah. I, for me, the, the swinger was um, 
how much work it would be to moderate the the, the chat. And I, I guess if our listeners want to set up an unofficial chat room where they can talk, um, and it's we don't moderate it, and we'll sort of follow it and weigh in where possible. Um, or if you want to set up, if somebody wants to do that, if you see value in doing it um, amongst yourselves, we will certainly keep an eye on what you're saying. It's a great way for us to see it, but we just don't have time to. We don't want to half-ass moderating that. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. well. I'm, I'm, I'm just you're looking at it as if it's a very linear kind of, you know, the option, of course, is that we could just let it degenerate into an absolute shit fight and just see what happens. Like, don't moderate it. Yeah, just but I think our, our listeners are pretty... Um, I reckon they'd be pretty good at sorting out the flogs. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the way that we, we give the flogs and the Facebook groups a hard time, I don't think... I don't you know, no one's going to sit around listening listen to anymore. us um, insult them. No. So I, I think our listener is a pretty discerning... Basically, our listener is the industry and... Prosume and people who want to know what the industry um, talk about when they don't think a microphone's on. Um, All right. So uh, now another letter. It's uh, got a good, rather hefty great mailbag. Uh, Shane McNamara, and we might have to skim this a little bit, um, a couple of them because they're quite long because our listeners are long and thoughtful. Uh, uh, thoughtful, sorry, less, less. thoughtful in long form. <laughs> long form. I knew what you meant. Um, <laughs> another great, um, although it's mainly men, so I don't know what, what that's saying. Um, another great. Did you just assume their gender? Um, another great roundup this week. Just thought I'd pop you guys a line on a couple of things you mentioned in the podcast. There is no need to read out this letter unless you find it interesting, and we did. Oh. Um, Pete, you mentioned brewers intentionally adding haze to neepers. There is actually a little science to intentionally adding more haze to neepers. Hopsteiner released a note about it in a recent newsletter, copied for you below. We'll put that in the show notes, um, listeners. All about yeah, geranial and all mm. sorts of different compounds and how that. And I, I totally get that. So thank you for sharing that with us, Shane. Yeah, one of the reasons for previously never dry hopping being ferment, uh, during fermentation was the scrubbing effect CO2 has on hop aroma. This is thought to be overcome by the continual and serial use of exceptionally high amounts of hops during fermentation, um, concentrated e.g. cry hops or otherwise, and the fact the haze, i.e. proteins, can capture some of those flavours. Previous West Coast IPA recipes didn't use the same hopping rates and failed to have present the proteins to encapsulate the hop flavours, and therefore dry hopping during fermentation was by and large pointless, as all of the aroma was simply lost. Yeah. And probably just on that too, Matt, um, apropos of nothing in particular, but a uh, shout out to a very good friend of the program, Professor Charlie Banforth, who congratulations this week, a great little job at um, a little startup over in there in Northern California, um, Sierra, Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Nevada, which perhaps isn't surprising given if there was a brewery that he raved about and he always praised whenever we spoke to him, yep. it was Sierra Nevada. Yep. So he's in there as a, a kind of like head of... Um, right in Charlie's wheelhouse, it's, it's kind of quality and... Um, controls and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So, so good luck to him. Well good, done. Uh, um, now, there's a bit more. Uh, second, you guys mentioned doing a test to see differences between pasteurised versus unpasteurised. Yes. I'm going to be out in Australia judging for the ARBA and we'd be happy to help you guys out with conducting the test. I help facilitate uh, and conduct the exercise. Uh, so Shane's not in Australia. No, I was talking to Hendo last night okay. um, at the opening of, of Your Mates um, and he... I. I I'm pretty sure I know the name, but I can't, and I'm going to say New Zealand, but I'm not 100% okay. sure. There you go. So but Shane, please let us know where you are and give us your address so we can send you a bar blade. Uh, and we'll be happy to help you guys out conducting the test, i.e. help facilitate and conduct the exercise. Uh, I'd expect quite a few judges to be in town, so I'd make good use of some brewers the day before judging 7th May. That's not a bad idea. Mm. See, this is why our listeners sad? are uh, awesome. My recommendation would be to host it at Brick Lane. 
um, use a tetrad, a tetrad test to help identify whether um, they are different or not. This test is a little more statistically valid than a triangle test uh, when using fewer people. Use a blind CAT. Now, he's going to have to explain yes, some of these things. a lot of technical stuff here, but um, for those who missed the last episode, yep. this is where we, we talked about, you know, can you tell the difference between a pasteurised beer and an unpasteurised beer? Yep. And would we be able to set up some sort of test where we could put pallet up against pallet, but also mm. to scientifically test and say, this actually has and less you know, volatile compounds of this. I want a data point because at the moment, you know, we, we posted an article about pasteurisation and brewers should consider it because there has been a few issues. It's one of the, the, the great no-goes for a lot of craft brewers. Yep. It's still the sign of yep. craft beer. And they just say, it, I can taste the difference. Now, my old man can swear that a beer that's been in cans tastes metallic. And I'm calling bullshit on that um, because maybe once he tried it and the beer, for whatever reason, you know, 30 years ago, yep. and now he's convinced. Um, and if you know a beer is pasteurised, so I'm really thank you, Shane, for suggesting, and we will. I think we'll absolutely work towards that. Um, yep. As I'll a, reach out to, hmm. to uh, Paul Bowker and Johnny Selton out at um, at Brick Lane. Already done that. They've already said yes. Oh, we can do excellent. it. There we go. Um, it's just sort so of that'd be great there. if we can. Yep get that to happen and get the right people in the room and just sort of, and as I say, yeah, like, let the results fall where they may. And we then it's a really a interesting discussion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we can, you know, it's fresh, yep. off the line, yep. um, not buying. Because the discussion around that, that article of, on pasteurization was really great because there was sort of, well, you know, there's, there's a few different camps and all of them have very valid reasons for believing their, you know, position to be. Yep. Uh, you but know, that's the thing, I've never seen any the study, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it'll give us a data point to us. Um, third, Fullers have now sold to Asahi, so it'll be interesting if Fullers continue to follow the activities I highlighted in a previous email. Um, Shane, oh, chat about Fuller. Yes, you did too, yeah. Um, yeah about the, um, there's like a heritage brand. Yeah, all, all of that, yeah, which also great then conversation where um, Zoe into and, other, that's it. Um, yeah, so in the, um, um, got into the Coopers. Got into the Coopers, looking at it. And comparison, Did we talk it. about that? Did we let them yeah. know? Did we let Shane know that it sparked this and made a really great discussion amongst our marketers and they actually wrote to Coopers offering... Um, so hey Shane, it uh, sparked a really... Yeah, I think he knows. Yep. Um, from Byron Lots, hi Joe and the guys. Ah. Love the show. My ah. fish always gets on the wheel and gets me powered up when I listen to your show. <laughs> so about our hamster on the wheel. Uh, much belated, 200th, well-deserved. Um, at risk of being controversial, controversial uh, Mr. Cook needs to extend his limit. I think there, if there is something to talk about, when then we were prepared to listen. Um, brackets, but don't let Matt off the leash. Um, <laughs> Got you, Byron. Got thought you. I might bring up a story for you. Hopsters Brew Co-op uh, is being set up in Sydney. First of its kind in Australia and currently hit its 400th member. We are steadily growing and are at the uh, process of securing a tap room. Um, both of our beers featured at 59 and 74 in the new beers. So, and look, Hopsters have been really, like they are avid listeners of the podcast. We've had beers with them last year when, or the year before year last, before. when we did our swing and we did our meet and uh, greet at the, um, at the Malt Shovel. Remember we had yes, the, yeah, 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 and yep, we met yep, a couple of the the, yep. the, the team there, the, and I won't say guys because it was a real mixed bag. Um, <laughs> there were both. <laughs> there was what did a, you say about my wife? It was a, it was a, diverse, she's a mixed bag. It was a diverse group of. It was. Um, anyway, anyway, don't try not to get in trouble, Matt, because you oh, just dig deeper. <laughs> yes, dig up, just, stupid. The more you try to be inclusive, the more you are. <laughs> Hopsters is something that we haven't covered extensively, and it, it's not from lack of support for the for the idea. And not that we don't have an interest in it. But we do, sorry, in our circle as editors, we are the focus point for every 
idea that forms in craft beer and we get a million ideas like 375 in the last week there have been three or four different concepts for i'm starting a um a mixed carton of beer that we include literature for are you okay Um, we don't give money to them but we support are you okay by putting literature and so that's there and you say well okay that's a business that is trying to find a way to market itself and so yeah we, we get all sorts of different things the hopsters is a really we, we, good idea. It's fair to say too that we we do have a little bit of a, um, I guess a, a protocol where we say, it sounds like a good idea. We'll monitor it. We'll monitor it, and if if, if it looks like it's becoming, and this is the first. You know, I'm willing to say if they're willing to say it's the first co-op brewery in, in the country. Well, I can four, tell them 400 paid-up members. It's yeah, four fair effort. It's not the first time somebody's tried to do it. Yeah, because I've had other people contact me about co-op breweries. Um, and so we don't, just because we get a media release saying, hey, we're going to do this, it's a good idea, we've got a lot of passionate people, we'll wait and see. And But absolutely, when Hopsters get their tap room, we will be amongst the first people down there and recording our podcast, Byron. So thank you very much for emailing. We look, and that's apropos, he said, uh, we look forward to hosting a podcast in Sydney one day or at least a pop-up for a beer. And just on that too, because I do have a personal relationship with Byron, uh, met Byron at the Indies Beer Awards. Yep. Last year. So he volunteered uh, a lot of his time uh, to come and, and help out stewarding and that sort of thing, which is a nice little segue into if you're in going to be in Brisbane, we're still looking for... Anyone who can oh, come yes. and help out for, are, are for stewarding? Are you for stewards? Because I had quite I'd, a few people interested. Uh, I'll put something out on beer map. So if we need stewards, oh, okay. look, it, it, Brisbane listeners. of interest, yeah, please yep. let us know because it, it's coming up and there's no such thing as too many. Okay, yeah, okay, absolutely. You, you can always have a half day instead of a full day. I didn't uh, know that. Okay, yeah. I'll put that out. Um, but anyway, Luke Pomery, uh, again, Luke, please send us your email address. Um, hi, guys, have been listening to and enjoying the show for quite a while now, so I thought it was time to send a quick email. Meanwhile, 17 paragraphs later. <laughs> No, I'm just don't <laughs> encourage them to write it. Oh, we don't write too much. <laughs> no, no, I'm not at all, but I'm just conscious that I'm Send me your letters. Don't send letters. No, I, I do, because this is a great one. Um, recently, I was on my honeymoon. Congratulations. Wow. Um, and whilst at a stopover in Antwerp, I found something I thought was quite amusing. There is a train station convenience store in Antwerp, Belgium. Isn't that fantastic going through Europe and you can just grab a beer at the newsagent? And nobody's flashing brown eyes out the train. Nobody's vomiting in the corner. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, uh, there's a train station convenience store in Antwerp, Belgium, and the beer was none other than Australia's own Pure Blonde. Except this wasn't the regular Australian Pure Blonde as released by CUB. This was branded as Pure Blonde by Jupiter. Ulipa. Ulipa. Um, not sure if this is the same stuff made in Melbourne, recently for a Belgian audience, or if Jupiter uh, are making it themselves. Is that how you say it? It could be. Well, cause it, it, Pedro Bevilacqua de, Lu- de Luca. De Luca. Sorry, listeners. That'll make that'll much make more sense, sense in about, about six weeks. weeks. <laughs> yes. um, well, the, yeah. So if it's if it's uh, anyway, wait, wait, let, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so because it could Hubler. be Belgian, it could be French, or it are making be themselves that other bloody uh, language. using combined CUB ABN Bev properties. The most amusing part of the story, though, is that this stock was actually located in the bargain bin. <laughs> A very small sample size, I know, but perhaps Belgians don't buy into the low carb hype. So yes, we did look into that. We, we did look into it for you, Lee. And uh, on Rate Beer actually has it. There is... Um, Rate Beer. It is. Uh, Rate Beer. That well, reputable source? It's owned by uh, AB InBev. Yupala Blonde, Pure Blonde. Style. Pilsner. <laughs> okay. Pilsner generally, I would have thought, In what would world? there are the addition of hops. <laughs> 
So of, of a Pilsner variety, perhaps SARS or SOTS or Summer B. It has it, it has a rating of two point one six out of five. Two star two stars. We've got more stars than that on. <laughs> but it is it's the it's the Australian pure blonde um, label. It is it is the Australian the current the current it, one. It's obviously not the one under license because it's all part of the family. The AB in their family. Um, Three point one percent ABV dash ABU. <laughs> so ABU. IBU, sorry, IBU. Oh, IBU. IBU. Right. So dash IBU. IBU would be absence of... Yeah, no. absence of business <laughs> units, apparently. Then someone called Bubble Love 33 reviewed it on November 2nd, 2018. I've asked for a beer on draft at a bar. They gave me this without telling me it was a new one. First, the smell was funny, like an old barrel already opened for a month. Then the taste, awful, bitter and sour. Bitter? Even Upala 0.0 tastes better. I brung the beer back to the bar and asked for a regular one. Watery. Are, are the Belgians ready for? Is there low carb? Because presumably there's a whole lot of reviews in Flemish that I didn't have time to put through. But it's got words like "niet," <laughs> <laughs> "waterig," which I'm presuming is watery, um, "metallich," which I'm presuming is metallic, um, "jammer." So I don't know what "jammer" means, jammer. but if it's onomatopoeic, "jammer." Yeah, "jammer." <laughs> so jammer anyway, so yes, so. Um, so fair to say, it's not being well received well by the Belgians. So, uh, by the Belgians, so uh, you know, thank you. But when I first sort of thought, no, surely they're not exporting pure bond, but they're obviously. Well, trying it to could be being made at, at it, a it facility owned by AB. Owned by but it's AB just interesting Inbev. that they're okay. Let's let's give low carb a try, and this is the flagship. Or in the same way that they're trying zero point zero beers over here that have a presence in different parts of the world and are quite popular in. In many parts of the Have world. Have you noticed how many? Oh, look, yeah, we, we could go on. That's a whole are, other. Um, on another great. note, I've come back from work in southeast Queensland, and while there I tried some excellent green beacon three bolt pale ale. However, I was a little disappointed to see that the ones I bought had been canned around nine months earlier, so probably weren't as fresh as they had been. This was disappointing by the fact that they were only brewed an hour or so away from Dan Murphy's, in which I bought them. Nevertheless, it was a great beer, and I hope the aging cans didn't negatively affect the product. Thanks for making the show, and never forget the importance of the cook limit. We're um, going to have to start charging Jamie Cook. Well, no, he's going to start charging us, like <laughs> licensing his name. Um, P.S. Apropos Pete's comments regarding male-female signs on toilet doors. I was recently confronted ah. by a tricky one while visiting Het Enker in Mechelen after several very high alcohol tasters. As on their doors, they only had astrological signs for male and female. I think I used the right one. Now, I'm trying to work out, is the astrological signs a circle with the cross below and then and the, the circle with arrow, the doodly arrow? arrow? I, no, well, I thought they were... Like biology, or like uh, you know, well, like, maybe like periodic table, table yeah. you know. Um, but they I always have to sort of think which one's which. Because I only thought like astrological signs was like for Virgo or Libra, yeah. or, you know, like the, the or the constellation sort of things. I didn't realise that there was a an astrological sign for male and female. So if, if you've got and are there seventy three? If you can send us through what the astrological signs are, look, assuming it's not that gender, the classic gender, yeah, sign. That, which I think is like either biological or science. Yeah, Recci um, you know, don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so green beacon Icon. three bolt pale ale is a cracking beer. But uh, yeah, look, I'm a little bit surprised the beer has been hanging around within an hour. Well, don't forget too, it, it's not like Johan brews it, puts it in his van, and drives it straight to. Dan, so it, it will go to their distribution centre. Well, but it, or their well, see, distributor. but it doesn't always. Like that—that's the thing. Like Modus um, selling to BWS, which used to think, gee, you know, would you want to do that? They order store by store basis. Oh, okay. Um, and right. so, and I was speaking to Scotty from Wolf of the Willows this week, um, and I'd, hopefully, I'm not breaking any embargoes on this. Um, 
We'll just check. He may not be listening to this bit, listeners. No, he, well, he does listen. Um, but no, no, but they might not be able to listen to this yeah, bit if we have to cut it out afterwards when we find out. I'll, I'll text him afterwards. Yeah. So if you don't hear this, <laughs> You'll that's never know. why. Um, but the, yeah, so they're going into first choice nationally or in a couple of the, um, things, but because they're very fastidious, um, they're delivering, on a, again, store by store ordering. Okay. They didn't want to go to a distribution center. And... Um, that, could, that, that could be groundbreaking. That could be a really... Well, there, there are quite a few. Probably and I know the way it used to be. Well, I'm actually surprised more than anything that Coles are doing because BWS have really been, um, you know, Endeavour Drinks Group, you know, we speak, spend a lot to Dermot and Mortar. We know that they're really trying to sort of push the quality message um, and they're leading the charge in terms of trying to educate brewers about mm. quality. And um, also genuinely trying to expand their range yep. to include... More and more yeah. independent or small brewers, and so yeah, so and so I know that Wolf of the Willows, a number of breweries are starting to distribute directly to shops that might, as that opposed to going through the distribution center, which make is an, an awesome discussion. Trend. But th- that actually prompted me about another um, chat that I had ages ago about um, the, the, the big sh- um, retailers. You know, when you're selling Mars bars, if you're Cadbury, you send it into their distribution center, and they've got refrigerated. Yep, um, yep. store for their chocolates because not because chocolate needs to be better stored than beer beer should be stored the same way but the point is is that if you go into um, Coles and buy a, a Mars bar that has been in a storeroom when they've had a 40 degree heat wave and you've got that damaged heat looking where it goes white it goes white Still and it also melts yep. but it's heat affected yep. you take it back you don't buy it Beer gets away because you can't visually tell, and most beer drinkers aren't um, discerning, discerning enough to know when a beer is being affected. Yeah, that you know, I, I sort of wondered that if, if, if beer visibly changed um, when it hadn't been stored well, you couldn't get away with the the way that we treat beer. What so about the was it the Bortley maybe who had that the uh, the Wanker wine label that turned a different colour when it was chilled. To the right well, temperature, but, but a lot of brewers Maybe do that. Like you, you've got those ones that sort of tell you now our beer is at the right temperature. You know, like our yeah. beer is at the right temperature to drink, which is when it gets down. When, to the, certain when temperature. the snow on the mountain in the picture on the label. But I would love to see, white. like again, like I hate government regulation of anything. But I would love to see the university, the, the industry, voluntarily adopt. Unit, it would have to be every one in all in labels that degraded if the beer was stored warm and degraded over time. For a certain, yeah. So visually, you could sort of see this manky old label if the retailer Well, visually, you'd it. never see a manky old label, would you, because it'd be all sent back to the brewery. That's or the thing. Well, yeah. well, or the, the, the um, retailers would stop change, selling. They'd change their... They'd change their way of doing it, or they would be forced chain. to do it. Yeah. Um, but of course, no one's going to do that because it's in brewers' interest to sell more beer. Um, and sometimes they dance with the devil, um, such as... Matt, have you been into speaking of <laughs> speaking of coals? Speaking did, did you pop into creep? Liquorland or was it? Uh, my, my local vintage. I, I, whenever I'm in a big shop now, look at you all grown up out there it, doing call, your own call shopping. It flogging, calling it a flogging a dead horse. But you know, one one of the things we talked about last week is the insidious creep that takes place in the industry. And um, is that one of your terms, like binting about? No, or? no, that, that's a Greg Cook term actually. Greg Cook, um, one of the founders of Stone Brewing, um, he loves to call people out for insidious creep, you know, that where you gradually compromise 
your values. Uh, just a warning to listeners, if you're sick to fuck of <laughs> listen to Matt Flog, Greg Cook, just switch off now. Or just, well, well, just fast forward through to, thanks very much for joining us and thanks for your support. <laughs> no, I'll no, see no, you no. on next week. And no, but, 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 it, it, uh, whenever I go, because you know, eight years ago, Greg fired me up. Uh, you know, storm the bat. You know, storm the bastions yes. about fresh beer, and we don't send our beer to Australia. Suddenly, there beers in Australia, and going, what? Oh no, no, we we we've we've cracked it. We know how to get beer fresh into shops and get the pull through so it's fresh. So just out of interest, you know, like like last year, I had a bit of a chat with him, and he said, oh no, that's that's not acceptable. I'll look into it. Sent him a couple of emails afterwards. Didn't hear back. He was over here in January. <laughs> Didn't hear from him. Um, and just wondering, and so I was in my local um, bottle shop. Did you expect he was going to turn up at your house you know, with a oh, six-pack? No, 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 no. Well, no, nothing like that. But I thought, well, while he was out here, he might, you know, not just take go the to opportunity, the, yep. take the opportunity, yep. check out. To take you up on your... and Or, or just even challenge. do it himself and go check out, you know, the, the big box retailers and see how his beer's travelling. Nothing. So I sent him, so I was in my local uh, bottle shop. The freshest stone was um, on, on a warm shelf, um, five months old. Um, and incidentally, that beer was at the front of the shelf. When you dig back, there were beer that was 10 months old at the back of the shelf. And so, you know... So it hasn't been rotated. So it hasn't been rotated. But then, Profile you, I showed you a photo and you couldn't believe, like you actually couldn't believe the date of the beer. I thought you'd, you'd, you'd done a, you know... It was... Uh, we're going to get back to 2017. <laughs> November 17, the beer had been canned, canned on date. So it was still on the shelves 13 months after it had been canned. Um, and so uh, November 2017 yep. was the canned yep. date, and it was still available. And it was still available. On was it a barrel aged beer? Was it a, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't canned aged. No, it wasn't one. It was a juicy swell of uh, hops. I'm pretty sure there was a swell of something in there. Was but it, it Ripper? Wasn't, it was Ripper. Stone can bang on all they want um, about fresh beer. They've got a freshness guarantee. That you know they've got to report your your fresh beer. I sent Greg Cook the photos, and so I said, "Oh look, mate, we talked about this last year. Followed you up, haven't heard." But it, you know. Here's, here's the photographic evidence. Photographic evidence. It's, you it's, it's falling down yeah. in some quarters. No response. Um, and, you know, like. Had you already posted the photo? No, oh, no, 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 no. That's the thing. Like, I'm not here to embarrass you. So you anybody. went straight to, yeah. I, I went straight went to, straight to, to the source. So, mate, here's the photos. We've talked about this. You said you were going to look into it. Haven't heard from it. Here's the photos. Silence. Um, and that was when you sort of think, well, look, okay, if you're not going to take it seriously, I'll put it on um, Twitter and, and share it. And, but, you know. On one hand, you sort of think, well, they make such a thing about our beer is less than thirty days, uh, ninety days old. You know, freshness. You know, you don't want to be drinking fresh. Well, I'm not going to send my beer to Australia because you think that would be uh, the and first. And to be fair, in, in Greg's defence, back then it was a round trip. You know, via the Cape. No, it wasn't. No, they could send it. It was straight. like six weeks. No, the, the, the twenty-one days still is dock to dock. Yeah, is, is reasonably new. Well, yeah, but it's sitting. I thought the shipping. You know, logistics channels were, were you know, four so. to six weeks. But well, okay. Well, Up until even the time it, on the, the last ship couple of years was one was one aspect that he talked about. But then he also talked about my beer is going to be so expensive that when you've got IPAs, um, and we were talking about thirty-two dollars a four-pack and thirty-two dollars a six-pack um, for Ripper, twelve-month-old um, Ripper, thirteen-month-old Ripper, by the way. But even if it was fresh, thirty-two dollars for a six-pack of you know, like a, an American pale ale. He highlighted that as a problem then, that it's not going to move off the shelves. Um, and we've seen the local industry making comparatively good beers now. So anyway, yeah, so the, the thing was, with the amount of time that they bang on about freshness, you'd think that if there was a label that told you that decayed as the, the beer was mishandled, they would have a vested interest. 
But when you look at that they're willing to put up, they, and they, you can only assume that they're willing to put up um, with it. They know there's a problem, done nothing about it. Um, they're not going to put on um, any sign. But if beer looked like Mars bars, we would have better quality beer in the shops. There's a Eddie challenge. <laughs> Brewers out there, brew, brew a Mars bar beer. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky our listeners love a good cook limit prof. We've only just snuck, out, snuck over. Uh, but look, well, uh, we don't get to be together very no, often. No, exactly. No, no, no. It's a, it's a bit of a treat. And as I say, some of our listeners are, are challenging our cook limitedness. Uh, and, you know, they want more. We've heard you and we've listened <laughs> and we're changing it. Thank you very much to all our supporters and our sponsors. Somebody we bumped into yesterday has actually reached out to Rallings. Um, as a result. Yeah. Did that, was, so we'll you know, thank Rallings. Yeah, yeah, Rallings label stickers. Now, I don't have, because we're on the road, don't have the numbers, but it'll be in the show notes. Yep. Um, one three hundred and the same numbers as we always read. As we always say, say um, but for notes. your, not just your, your sleeves, but also your labels. And one of the brewers that we, um, we could, should we name check them? I think... Glasshouse. Glasshouse, Glasshouse Mountains Brewery. Simon, um, yeah, said that they were getting some canning done and they just happened to say railings. So, oh, did you hear about it on Bruce News? He goes, yeah, but that was, we heard about them on Bruce News. So, thanks again also to, uh, to the guys at, at Beer Cartel who are great letter supporters of the, of the program and look after our letter of the week. And uh, so, this week, a six pack of fine independent Australian beer will be winging its way out to one of our listeners. You tell us. I think Luke, as a, um, a, a Wedding present. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And for giving us giggles about reading Flemish insults for <laughs> low-carb beer. That's it. Because <laughs> we would never have discovered, you know, no. the, the Flemish for, you know, this is skunky and horrid and, <laughs> and metallic. Not a thing. We, we, we no, were talking on. yesterday, we were speaking to Pablo. Um, or Pedro. Or Pedro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cultural. I did it. Oh, no, and all that. And I won't say our Spanish speakers, because of course... Pedro is from Brazil, Portuguese. So Portuguese. So, um, but um, but also speaks fluent German and has an Italian father. And has an Italian father. But and so lives on the sunny anyway, coast. so he's the brewer that we spoke to at Boiling Pot that you'll hear from in, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but Pedro Bevilacqua de Luca, um, lovely, uh, you know, sort of Brazilian accent. And we were talking to him, and you know, if, if you heard Peter or I say, "Oh, we love beer," like we would just sound like normal, like or yeah, you know, it sounds like Homer Simpson go mm, beer. beer. But you hear him say, "You know, beer is my religion," and you say it with an accent. And oh, I'll tell you what, little god fingers came yeah, out of the clouds, <laughs> exactly. parting. Oh, it was beautiful. So we, we, we need more um, accents uh, spruiking beer because it just sort of make look. And maybe that's French. Yeah, we would um, wine. The wine industry has had all these uh, yeah. accents. We need terroir sounds so much better than dirt. <laughs> Parchment <laughs> is so much better than stale cardboard, as Charlie Benford <laughs> likes to say. Anyway, um. exactly. Um, and so, uh, th thanks again to all of our supporters and our sponsors, and particularly to Crime Alt, who has been on board since day one and don't look like stopping anytime soon because exactly. we've had plenty of opportunities to piss them off. <laughs> or just not give them the love that they deserve, like, yeah. that, that they pay for. And they keep coming back. But they, yeah, anyway, but the one thing I was like going to say about Rallings is we do have a lot of industry listeners and podcasts are something that we started doing this eight years ago when everyone goes, what's a podcast? True crime, everyone listens to true crime podcasts. People start to branch out. Our audience is growing. But if you are in the industry and you listen to our podcast and you want to reach the brewing industry, Apparently they listen to us. They do. Throw us a few bucks. Get, get Pete on a plane somewhere else and you can get more of this quality. There's Matt shaking a tin. Was <laughs> it that he's obvious? Just, he's given the horse a bit of a break to shake the tin. Um, thank you very much to Joe, who, uh, as always, makes us 
sound good and chops us up to make us um, neat and tidy and, and fit somewhere within some sort of cook limit. Thank you very much uh, to all of you. I'm Pete Mitchum, your host, and he has been Matt Kierkegaard. It's our, been our pleasure again for episode 207. Seven. So we'll see you all again next time for 208. Und wer out.